Hi, I'm Kat, marketer turned brand storyteller. And I'm Candice, educator turned entrepreneur. And you're listening to Not Nice, Clever. As CEOs and leaders, it's your job to always have the answers, but sometimes you need a little help. Leverage, if you will. We get it. This is the place for you. So wherever you're listening, 5.30 a.m. club at the gym, on your way to your next meeting or putting out today's fire, let's get into it. In this episode of Not Nice Clever, we are calling out to all of our CEOs and leaders and entrepreneurs in the making and answering something that we see often or have seen for quite some time, and that is the question of how to position yourself as a thought leader in your industry, in your community, online, offline, in all the ways, because it seems to us that that term, becoming a thought leader, is very intimidating and very overwhelming. You're not really sure where to begin, but you know that it is an essential ingredient in the recipe for building success, for becoming a successful CEO and leader. So that is what this episode is all about. We've got some really great recommendations of where to start some of which are tactical, some of which are mindset driven, because we know that that is where a lot of this begins. And that's where we're going to go today. So Candice, what is the first order of business here? So if you want to become a thought leader in your industry, and you want to be looked to for advice and for other frameworks and systems to help people, then the first thing that you should be thinking about is obviously your message thinking about what it is that you can offer someone else that feels replicable, like a framework, a signature framework that someone can use. So if you are someone who specializes in content creation, then what's your signature content creation framework or personal branding? What's your branding framework? What is your framework for investing in real estate? Those types of things that feel replicable will help you to stand out as a thought leader. So recently we did an episode with Giselle Ugardi and she talked about how digital ownership Mm. is something that she's speaking a lot about. And she said, I want that to become my thing. Actually, that is my thing. And that is her thing, right? Being able to talk about how you as a human being don't need to be like technology doesn't need to have power over you. You as a human can create healthy boundaries with technology and use it to your advantage. And so digital ownership is the thing that she wants to talk about. And I feel like just from based on that episode, it felt like it was something that felt really sticky, really tangible, something that she could talk about for a long time Mm -hmm. to many groups of people that will be impactful. And so when you're thinking about your own messaging and who your ideal client is, you need to come up with a signature framework that feels like you. And, you know, we're all about walking the walk of the talk we talk here at Not Nice Clever. So this was also really top of mind for Candace and I because we're in the process and having finalized our signature workshop series at Not Nice Clever. So mm-hmm. should we tell them what it's called, Candace? I don't know. Should we keep it under wraps? Ooh, yeah. No, definitely tell them what it's okay, called. All right. We'll tell them what it's called. So this is our Clever crew. That's They're true. Ready. Okay. So our signature three-month workshop series is called Amplify. And we really put a lot of thought into it. We really kind of took a look at our audience. We took a look at what they were struggling with. And what we found was 
We work with a lot of established CEOs, established entrepreneurs that have teams that rely on them, whether they are full-time teams, part-time, contracted, remote, global, local, whatever it is. And the challenge that we saw was that they not only struggled to find time to build their own personal brands as the leader or the face of their organization, but also to inspire and drive the individual success and individual brands of their teams, right? Like that was, that's the recurring theme. Yes, that's it. And so, you know, we realized that we could leverage our approaches, our processes, our strategies, and mold it into a really replicable framework, keeping in mind our audience, building it out. Again, this is not an overnight one-time workshop. It's a three-month series because it takes time to build a brand. There's lots of brain damage involved. We need to bake that cake properly. And so that is our version of a signature framework, what we're putting out into the world. And as you can see, it's based on our own experiences. It's based on the work that we do. We're not like whipping it up out of thin Mm -hmm. air. It's also not about us, right? It's about Mm -hmm. helping our clients. Yep. And we use our own experiences and our work with our previous clients to inform what makes the most sense Mm -hmm. moving forward in this framework. So that is something that you want to be thinking about right now. If you are thinking about how to show up online, you're thinking about growing your thought leadership and your influence overall is what is your signature framework? And it's not going to happen overnight, Mm -hmm. but you should be thinking about at least the topics and what are the actual transformations that can happen as a result of using the framework that you create. Mm -hmm. So that's something to think about. I just thought of another thing. So if, you know, our example here was a three-month workshop series, but to use Ryan as an example and even Giselle's, like you said, so she has her thing that she named Digital Ownership. Ryan, who we had on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, he has his brand and his approach as Sell It Like Sirhant. Right. So Ryan Sarhan, if you Mm -hmm. haven't heard of him, he's a real estate agent and mogul and now owns an educational company that Candace and I work with him at. And then even additionally, in my own brand, I have leather jacket energy that I brand. So it's like when do you name something and it's an approach that you can share? That is really the fledgling moment of becoming a thought leader. It's a good place to start. Absolutely. Another this is more of a mindset thing, but You might be listening to us and saying, okay, Candice, Kat, that's easy for you guys. You guys already have a podcast. You've already done these things, right? You've already been on stages, talked about these things. Mm -hmm. But we all started somewhere. Like there's been many iterations of things that I have started Mm -hmm. that, you know, lasted for a while, that served their purpose, that existed, that no longer exist. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. But any great leader is going to have iterations on what their signature framework is. And so we've all seen multiple books, like revised books that are out there, right? right? Like this is the second edition of the same book, right? With updates. Mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of times what holds people back is the idea that whatever they create is not going to make sense in the next three years or five years or whatever. Oh, well, you just, you pivot. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You pivot, you make changes. Like Ross, up the staircase, just you pivot. (laughs) Sorry, I had to go there. Anyhow, the point is, that wherever you are with the knowledge and experience that you have, there is something that you can create that helps the person that's one step behind Mm -hmm. you. Amen. And so, 
you have enough is what I'm trying to say. There is enough information that you have that can help someone. And so you have to stop caring about other people's opinions and you have to stop saying that you're not ready and decide that you are ready. Yep. Ready is a decision. And we understand that you're not going to stop caring about OPOs, other people's opinions overnight, but look at it as, if we're going to bring in another analogy, look at it as going to the gym and you're building those abs. Mm. I will probably never have abs because I will never give up sweets and tequila. We've talked about this (laughs) multiple times. I love my tequila. But if I were to have like a shield against OPOs, I'm like building that every single day and it pops up. There are times where I'll catch myself going down a vortex of doom scrolling or I'll even like reach out to cancel. I'll be like, but this happened. And you're like, what's going on? What, what is this? Like, this is not, mm-hmm. this is not you. Like, why, why do we care? And I'm like, you're right. You're totally right. So it's an ongoing practice of not caring about others. OPOs. And this other recommendation is also really understanding that the more you put yourself out there, the more you are positioning yourself as a thought leader, a trailblazer, an innovator with a signature framework that may or may not change and evolve with you as you evolve. Mm -hmm. But we encourage you to also be okay and accept that you're not going to be for everybody. Yeah. Huge. That's so important. You don't want to be for everybody. Because you want to be your most authentic self and let the people who are attracted to that be the people that you work most closely with. Because that's where you're going to have the most joy in the work that you're doing is when people actually like you for being you. You don't feel like you have to fake anything. Mm -hmm. They already know ahead of the call that they're about to get on with you what to expect. And that feels so freeing. As an entrepreneur, when I just decided to be my annoying self and decided to be a little bit in your face and a little bit I told you so and all the things that I just decided to own, it made my clientele, I have so many more of my people Mm -hmm. in my client pool. They're they're my people. I'm literally exactly myself. I'm literally a little bit too rough on them. Mm -hmm. Just a little. Like a loofah, right? As Dom says. Yeah. As Dom said, abrasive like a loofah. Mm -hmm. They like that. That's why they hired me because I'm like that wherever they see Mm me. And so being yourself is really, really key. And letting people who don't like you just know who you are ahead of time so they could just not call you. Mm -hmm. Great. Perfect. Please don't book that time. (laughs) Yeah. Don't book that time. Don't take up my time. Yeah. Because I'm not for you. So that's that's really freeing. This calls to mind another idea, and I've shared it here and there in workshops, and now I'm thinking I need to make it as an actual post. But this is one aspect of branding and branding yourself as a thought leader and leading with your authentic self that I love so much because it truly is, in the end, a form of boundary setting that mm-hmm. protects you, your time, your energy. As an entrepreneur, energy, I would argue, is your greatest resource because you have a finite amount of it. You can make money all day long, but you only have a finite amount of energy every single day and you need to recharge in order to build something and be sustainable in your business so that you don't just want to burn out and burn it down, right? Yep. Today, actually, this came to mind Mm -hmm. because I was on calls with two clients earlier and they're both Christians and they both go to church multiple times a week. Like they're very active in their communities and both of them, previously were kind of hiding that from the online space because they felt like it would be controversial a divide yeah controversial maybe a divide their audience wouldn't like it 
And one of the clients, I kind of had, the, this was like the first time we really talked about it. And I knew this about him, but I didn't know that he was struggling with content because he felt like he couldn't share that side of himself. He was like hiding himself. Mm-hmm. Not a yep, good feeling. Exactly. And so we talked about that. That was not a good feeling. And and then he kind of came to the conclusion on his own that he was hiding because of that. And he knows he doesn't want to do that anymore. He just wants to be himself and let the chips fall where they may. And I'm like, yes, please let More that happen. That. And what's likely going to happen is more people who also believe in what he believes in are going to be attracted to that. And he's going to actually excel because he's not hiding. Mm -hmm. And then the same thing with another client who was talking to me about, you know, he creates YouTube videos and he talks about how he talks about his community and his faith and how important that is to him. And he's a real estate agent. And so that seems like something that could potentially lose him clients. Mm -hmm. And it might, but it's really, he's going to net positive because he's going to bring in the right clients for him at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And so any aspect of yourself that you are hiding is likely part of a draw that you're just not considering. Yeah. I think when you call to mind, whoever's listening to this, the people that you admire, the people that you think of immediately when you when we say the term thought leader, I can guarantee you that two words that you use to describe every single one of them is authentic and vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Those are mm-hmm. things that mm-hmm. every person that I admire has in common with one another. Also, the other commonality we've noticed is that they all say that they define success by other people's success. So they're humble in that way, too. It's not this ego-driven because their brand is led with them and the face and their voice and their story. It's not egotistical because they know that they're doing this in order to reach more people, in order to connect with more people through authenticity and vulnerability. And when you think about brands like, let's say, Gary Vee, there's an evolution in his branding, right? He went from his parents wine shop and creating content all about wine Mm -hmm. to the content that he's creating today which is entirely different but he's allowed himself to evolve and that through line is still there we still know his story and we still know his journey Mm -hmm. but he has let himself shift Mm -hmm. and that's great and then you can think about someone like jenna kutcher who started off as a photographer a wedding photographer i Mm -hmm. think and now has this entire brand that is about helping people know, build their own Mm -hmm. brands and build their own programs and things like that. And so I think that a lot of times people are held back by the idea that today is going to be like the rest of their life, whatever they choose today. And that's just not the case, especially when it comes to being your own brand, because it's going to evolve just like you. Yeah. And also, please, permission granted to steal my motto of you reserve the right to change your mind at any time for any reason. It's so (laughs) freeing. Why tie yourself to something that's just not you anymore? Not here for that. Totally. So another recommendation in becoming and embodying a thought leader online, offline is to, and this is going to seem elementary, but y'all aren't doing it. So we're going to say it anyway, (laughs) is to regularly document your thoughts and share them online. So this is why we said stop caring about OPOs because the trolls might come out from underneath the bridge, but we're not going to feed the animals. We're going to let them go back into their hole. And the caveat with this we'll say is that whatever process you'll use is often not going to look like the process that other people use. Like you can start by trying to copy and paste somebody else's process for capturing content, documenting it, organizing it, scheduling it and publishing it. But what we have found is our most successful clients and even Candace and I, it's usually a hybrid process. 
right? It's what works for us and how we are, how our energy is, where our passions lie. It's not necessarily a copy or paste type of thing. I don't know. What do you think about that, Candice? Yeah, everyone has their own creation process, but you have to create. And I don't care what that looks like for you, but Gary Vee says document, don't create. Mm -hmm. But like, what are you putting out into the world that demonstrates the work that you're already doing? So I could meet with five clients a day and be on stages every month and host workshops and not put it online and no one would know what I do. Or you and I could have these talks every day, which we actually do, and not push record and no one would know. Yeah. And so how do you take what you're already doing in life and showcase that so that the broader audience gets to see? Mm -hmm. And then what does that process look like for you? So Glenda Baker talks about how she just meets with her videographer one time a month and they knock out one month's worth of content in a day. And that process has shifted from when she started making content maybe two years ago, mm-hmm. but she probably just records more in a day or more in less time than she used to, right? And so I could never sit down in one day and knock out all those videos oh, because God. my energy is not like that, no, right? No, me either. I would have to do two or three days a month, maybe mm-hmm. something like that. So the point of this conversation is is really figure out how you show up best mm-hmm. And make a process that works for you. Yeah. And don't beat yourself up because I could never be on for eight hours straight like Glenda. Good for you. Props to you. I hope to have her on our podcast soon. I think she's coming on so she can talk to us about that. Very excited. But I think even Glenda would say, do what works for you. Mm -hmm. Right? And that's what works for her because she likes to be out there selling real estate. We love that. All the other days. Yeah. So for example, I remember Candace, when we first started this podcast, our process was we would meet for like an hour and a half on a day in the week and we would script out and take notes and have talking points for our mini episodes, our full episodes. And now we just kind of like jot down a few notes ahead of time. We do some research if we do need to do that. We do more research for guest episodes. Yeah. But typically every week now we've got a shorter planning session and a recording session. And it is not on Mondays because I'm not fit for human consumption assumption on Mondays and neither is Candace. (laughs) And it's typically on Tuesdays and Wednesdays or Thursdays. And then for recording with guests, we kind of like chill vibe. You know, we're inviting people into our digital recording studio. So we do that typically on Fridays, unless like the guest schedule is like, I'm not available on Fridays, then we'll we'll look at what works. But Mm -hmm. again, this was a process that evolved over time because we're coming up on, we're recording this in mid-September. Our official launch date for Not Nice Clever was September 15th, 2022. Wow. Wild. Crazy. I know. I'm going to appreciate that for like a few seconds here. Yeah. And the process evolves. We change our minds. Now we're doing video content, right? Like when we started. Yep. We did not do that. Audio only. So permission mm-hmm. granted to change your mind, but just whatever is going to allow you to show up as your best self the most consistently. And the last thing too, I'll say on this one point is that think about, again, the term thought leader, you're leading with something, right? You're, mm-hmm. And that's why you were saying, Candace, like, I don't mm-hmm. care what it is you do, but like put something out there, create it, lead it. You're not lagging, you're leading. So I think that's like another thing that people don't really understand. They want to be the thought leader, but they don't understand the process of it or what it requires of them and the opportunity they have with it. The other thing I'll say about becoming a thought leader is seeking out the opportunity to share your thoughts. Mm -hmm. So I will regularly reach out to my friends and be like, hey, you have anything going on? Do you have a webinar 
coming up that I could be a guest yeah. on? Do you have a podcast I could be a guest on? Do you have this? And not just that, I'll tell them, hey, these are the three things I like to talk about right now. Do you know anyone mm-hmm. who would feel like these things are valuable to them? And they'd be like, oh my gosh, my friend so-and-so has a podcast and she talks to people about that all the time. She'd probably be a perfect, thank you, can you connect me? Like I will ask or I'll go to, this is, you know, back in the day, I used to go on Eventbrite and find events about topics I was interested in. So maybe like women, female entrepreneurship or maybe content. And I would go to events that were focused on that, that had a series. Maybe they met monthly, maybe they met weekly, right? Mm -hmm. And then after going to a few of them, learning, engaging, saying thank you, writing notes, I would be like, hey, I would love to be a guest host of one of these one time. Can I guest host with you? I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. Tell them, make it easy for them to say yes. Mm -hmm. You've come up with a plan. You already know what you're going to share. You already understand what their audience wants and needs. And then they're more than likely going to be like, oh my gosh, yes, please. Like if you can take some weight off someone else's shoulders by also sharing what you're great at, like that's going to be a win-win situation. And then you document, 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 Mm -hmm. and that's how you get the next one. Mm -hmm. Business begets business, as they say. And I fully agree, wholeheartedly agree. Like whenever a client comes to me and they're just like stuck in a rut or they're not inspired, I'm like, I'm like, get out of the screen. Life doesn't happen in the Mm -hmm. screen. Creation and Mm. inspiration doesn't happen in a fucking phone screen. So like get out of your office, get out of your home and get moving. Put yourself out there. Go find events where you can put yourself in the right rooms and have the opportunity for luck to collide with you. And don't be afraid to ask either. Sip on Mm -hmm. a little bit of candy is like not nice a little bit in your faceness and use that to your advantage. And so, yeah, you know, this is like this kind of brings us to our last few points here. And I'm all about knowledge, education, constant improvement. I am always available to be corrected in a professional, constructive way. Maybe you can drop a few F-bombs. But I think that always leading with curiosity and humility and educating yourself, right? Be open to being mm-hmm. wrong. Like that's one of the things that I admire the most about thought leaders like Gary Vee, like Ryan, like Jenna that you mentioned, like all of these other people is because when you do see moments for people giving them feedback or correcting them, whether or not it was asked for, they're like, their immediate response is not to take it personally and close off and like, you know, cuss the other person out. They're like, okay. They're like, that's a perspective. I appreciate you sharing. I'm going to think about it. They like lead it with curiosity and humility rather than being defensive, which I think is another very admirable quality of being a thought leader. So remember that being a thought leader isn't about you. It's about the people that you can impact with your system or process or experience Mm -hmm. that helps them move the needle faster in their business. Mm -hmm. And for those of you that are listening right now that are like, oh my gosh, but I thought my personal branding is about me. Your personal brand is about you. You have to use your face. You have to use your voice. You have to use your own story to connect. But when you are deciding that you're going to now move into thought leadership, Mm -hmm. that's when you need to be thinking about how your message is going to impact your audience. Mm -hmm. It is like, you know, the folks that we have had on this podcast that we're so lucky to be able to get to interview and even just know and be in our network and our circles, they don't define success by their individual success right Mm -hmm. now or no longer. They define it by Mm -hmm. the success of their team, the success of their clients, of their community. And I'm not saying that that needs to be your shift 
right now or tomorrow, but anchor it somewhere a year from mm-hmm. now, three years from now, wherever you are on your journey, or maybe six months from now, if you're accelerated and you're farther along, just know that to be a thought leader, it's helpful to think like thought leaders and to start to mm-hmm. step into that role and think the way that they do, because we know that your thoughts influence your actions, influence your results, influence everything. So it starts truly there. And yes, as Candace mentioned, this is not your out. Like, oh, good. They said it's not about me. It's about (laughs) everybody else. Like, I don't have to show my face. Like, no, hun, you still need to show your face, please. And thank you. But just making that shift, I think is really powerful and will go a long way into helping you begin your journey of becoming a thought leader. So we want to know what action you're going to take to become a thought leader in your space and in your industry. So drop us a message, DM us at NotNiceClever on Instagram, because we want to hear about how you are going to begin your thought leadership journey. Thanks for joining us on Not Nice Clever. Remember to follow Not Nice Clever wherever you listen to audio. And if you haven't already, drop that five-star review. Share your takeaways. Tell us your story. We love to hear it. Signing off, you're not so nice, but oh so clever besties that mean business. See you soon.